Our pericope of scripture for this Thanksgiving day is Psalm 100. And when Tom began song hymn service with that verse, I thought maybe he was going to give the sermon afterwards too, but Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before the Lord, his presence, with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Verses 4 and 5 are our text. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Beloved, our Lord Jesus Christ, Psalm 100 is the only psalm that bears that that precise inscription, a psalm of praise. It's full of grateful adoration. Psalms 93 through 99 form one continuous series whose title could be Jehovah is King. And Psalm 100 is the climax and the doxology of those psalms. So on this national holiday... We do well to remind ourselves that the object of thanksgiving, the method of thanksgiving, and the reason for thanksgiving is our God. So the theme, giving thanks, the object of thanksgiving, the method of thanksgiving, the reason for our thanksgiving. And the object of our thanksgiving is antithetical. It is antithetical to the object of thanksgiving of many today. On this national Thanksgiving Day, the object of many is material possessions or the family that surrounds them. They are then thankful for their own ingenuity. They're thankful for their own hard labor. Or they're thankful for their ability to lay up and to save and acquire. You see, the object of their joys are things. Others might be like the rich fool. Remember, boys and girls, how in Jesus' parable, he said, soul... Thou hast much goods laid up for years. There are those who might be thankful for the economy. There might even be those who are thankful for our government. 
Others might be thankful for soup kitchens that are set up. And yes, some of the children of the world will even acknowledge that there is an almighty, there is a supreme being, or there is providence. For many of the forefathers of this country were deists. They believed that there was a God who created all things, but then he really left the world up to us, and it's up to us what we're going to do with it. And so you hear quite often the phrase still today, you can be and you can do whatever you want to be or do. But the psalmist and we the church focus on the true giver of all things, Jehovah. Jehovah, that is the highest name of God. We give thanks to Jehovah who is the self-existent and all-sufficient one in himself. The meaning of that name Jehovah was first revealed there at the burning bush to Moses, wasn't it? We read in Exodus chapter 3 when Moses asked the question, Who shall I say sent me back to the Israelites in Egypt? And the answer came, I am that I am. It's important for us to have a correct understanding of thanksgiving. You see, there is nothing that you and I can really give to him in payment for all that he has done. He is independent in his being and his works. He doesn't need you and me. We need him. He is the creator he owns all things. He is the fountain of all these blessings. If we go back to Psalm 50 in our Bibles, we read of our God, I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High. That is what God requires of us. For he, that's why he made us. That's why he has redeemed us by his son, Jesus Christ. So we give thanks to God because he is the self-existent one who knows and cares for all things. We give thanks to God because he is the all-wise God. We read in Isaiah 46, to whom will ye liken me and make me equal and compare me that, I might, that we might be like him? For I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. 
God, the all-wise God, who has all planned all things out, including our redemption, who has planned the mountain peaks that we're standing on at times, but also has planned for us the valleys or the storms that we have to go through. God is wise. He perfectly has ordained all things and works all things for all of his people and for all of their needs. And he knows how perfectly to adapt all things for our good and for our salvation, doesn't he? So we give thanks to him. Hebrews 4, verse 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked, and they spend and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Romans 16, verse 27, to God. The only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Or you have that beautiful doxology in verse 25 of Jude. To the only wise God and Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. So let it be. So we give thanks to God because he is the independent self sufficient God he's the all-wise God and thirdly we give thanks unto God because of his unchanging faithful covenant keeping he who has called us according to his purpose we read many passages of God's word that deal with that faithfulness of God don't we Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, and that is in all capitals, Lord. So I am Jehovah. I change not, therefore, sons of Jacob, Jacob, you are not consumed. And that's what the prophet Jeremiah says also when God's people are brought down to captivity in Babylon because of their sins. Lamentations 3, verse 21 and following. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God is eternally great in himself and in all of his works. He never changes in his attitudes toward us, his people. He is not fickle in his plans or in his purposes like we are, and he's not fickle in his affections, loving one day and then being bitter or hateful another day. But always his smile rests upon his people, and he blesses them. He remembers that they are his. And that's why in our psalm we read there that he has made us. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are his because he has chosen us and he has given us to Jesus Christ 
and we are redeemed in Christ Jesus. Oh yes, on this Thanksgiving Day, we bless his name, for he is his name, Jehovah Salvation. Thanksgiving, the one, Jehovah himself, our God, our Redeemer. Notice with me, second of all, then the method of our thanksgiving. What is our posture when we come before God? Are we coming very proud and arrogantly? Here we are, God, like the Pharisee did there in the temple worship. Are we slouching down in our seats and saying, okay, let's get this over with and then let's go home and eat? You high school children, do you remember what we said yesterday about our posture as God's people? We read in our text, be thankful. And that word literally means to point with a hand to point away from ourselves, to point to our maker and our redeemer. And when we point away from ourselves to him, we're expressing our utter dependence upon him. And it implies also that we have forfeited the right for those gifts when we fell into sin in Adam. And every day we really forfeit that right. And yet, we point away from ourselves to our maker and our redeemer. Be thankful means point away. Point away to your God. Then in verse 4, the last part of that verse, we also read, bless his name. That word bless comes from a word meaning that we get down and bend on our knees. So while we're pointing up, we're very humble. We don't make demands of our God. We don't say, I deserve this, Lord. Lord, I deserve thy wrath. But as thy child, I look to my Father in heaven and I believe that he is going to help me for Jesus' sake. And our posture is also an open mouth, isn't it? An open mouth in prayer, which is the chief part of our thankfulness, an open mouth with singing. Come into his courts with singing, it says. Songs not merely in the head that come out of the mouth, mouthing the words, but songs that come from our hearts that know his goodness and his love and all of his blessings. An open mouth. We're called to make a joyful noise. Is that your attitude on this Thanksgiving? <clears throat> and is that your attitude and my attitude each day of the week? Joyful? Or are we sometimes like God's children when they were in the wilderness? Grumbling and complaining. grumbling about being there in the wilderness and the Israelites said 
Oh, that we were back in Egypt with its leeks and its cucumbers and its onions. Grumbling when there's manna coming down from heaven and water from a rock. Grumbling when our life is difficult. When the Lord leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Or when we, like the disciples, are in our little boat on the stormy sea. Troubles in our life. Are we like Paul and Silas? Thrown into prison, whipped because of their testimony to God and their wonderful works done for God's glory. They didn't grumble, they didn't complain but they were singing songs in the night. How beautifully all these actions of the child of God come together in glorifying our God, pointing away on our knees, humbly coming before him as his children with open mouths, prayers rising up, songs rising up. Great is our God. That posture, beloved, is also antithetical to many. Think a moment of King Nebuchadnezzar. When he stood up walking in his palace, pointing to himself and pointing to what his hands have done, this great city. We read in Daniel 4, verse 30, and he said, that is Nebuchadnezzar, this will I do. I will pull down. Or no, the king spake and said, Is not this the great Babylon that I have built for the house of my kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? You who are successful businessmen, you who are busy in the home, caring for your family, you boys and girls perhaps taking your test in school and maybe getting a good grade. Do you think that it is by your own accomplishments, by your own power, for your own honor? The answer is no. Or again, think a moment of that rich fool that we talked about we read in Luke 12, 18 and 19, and he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and I'll build greater barns. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And what did the Lord say to him? Thou fool, you gather all these things and you think you can hang on to them and that is for your own glory and it's done by your own power. I remember a Thanksgiving when we had the children over. May that not be you. The next day is going to be, good, uh, is going to be Black Friday. We started worship in church, had our big meal, 
and everyone is there on their phones trying to find out where the next big deals and good deals are to purchase for themselves. Thanksgiving is pointing away from ourselves, content with what God has given to us, standing humble before him because we don't deserve any of those things. Oh, if God gave us what we deserved, boys and girls, your spankings would look like little things. But with open mouth, we say, we are but God's servants. And all that we do and all that we live for is by God's grace alone. And where is the place for our worship, our thanksgiving? The psalmist says, enter into his courts. Enter the gates, we sing. Open those doors up. Let us get together as God's people. The psalmist there is talking about the tabernacle. And later on, the tabernacle was replaced with the temple. What a joyous day it was when God's people would come together to worship their God. And not only do they bring their own worship, they also encourage one another, don't they? And that's what David is also doing here in this psalm. As he speaks about the greatness of his God, he says, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and with praise. Great is our God. How wonderful that we can come together, that the freedom of our nation allows us to come together and to worship our God, Voi throwing our voices together, our hands outstretched together, giving offerings for his kingdom. We don't stand alone, do we? It's not one Christian over here and another Christian over there, but God has brought his saints together as a body to praise him. Those who were made for him, those who are redeemed by him. So may that be our method of thanksgiving, pointing away from ourselves, on bended knee, very humble, with open mouth, singing all of his praises. And that brings me to the third point. The reason. The reason for our thanksgiving. And he gives it. Verse 5. We read there. For the Lord is good. That's the first reason. His mercy is everlasting. That's the second reason. And his truth endureth to all generations. Let's look at those three. We thank and we bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good good God is good in himself he is infinite in his perfections and in his attributes let's say together God is wonderfully beautiful his attributes of grace and goodness and love and mercy and kindness to us God is good to all of his creatures and even 
the damned in hell will have to acknowledge later on that he gives many good gifts. Not only to the righteous, he even gives good gifts to the wicked. And they are accountable for that. And at the center of God's goodness, of course, is the greatest gift possible. The highest good that we could ever find. His Son, Jesus Christ. Our salvation. His death, our life. He bore our curse so that you and I might be blessed. His goodness. Yes, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful for the Lord is good. Oh, may we always say that. Again, verse 5, the reason for our thanksgiving, why? Because his mercy is everlasting. What is God's mercy? God's mercy is where he takes compassion or kindness toward us who are very needy. And you and I can sometimes do that when we see pictures of starving children elsewhere or when we think of the people in Gaza that are suffering right now with the war taking place or those who have been killed in Israel, the war that is raging there in Russia and Ukraine and, of course, in the territory of Ukraine. And we might have pity for them, but that's as far as it goes. They're so far over there, what can we do? But our God, when it says he has mercy, he not only takes compassion on us but then he helps us he is like that samaritan that stopped instead of passing by on the other side of the road he's the one that stopped and helped out that wounded man and beloved that is god's mercies that we read are new every morning great is his faithfulness by faith by faith, you and I experience that mercy that is shown to us unworthy sinners brought from death to life, cared for each day of our life, being led closer and closer to our homecoming when we will be with the Lord Jesus. And thirdly, the reason why we give thanks in verse 5 because his truth endureth for all generations. All generations. Not just faithful once in a while, but his faithfulness and his love to all generations as you gather as families, perhaps with your grandparents, your children, your grandchildren around you. What a reason, what a reason to be filled with thanksgiving. God does not disappoint his children, but he gathers them in his generations. Oh, his covenant love, where we know him not as one who was wrathful to us, but his wrath was poured out on Jesus Christ on the cross 
and his love and his favor come to us every day. To us, to our children, to our children's children. And so as we worship today and as we sit with our tables, with our children, our children's children, be thankful, be thankful for his faithfulness to us. God's truth abides. So many things that the world says, they say, this is bad for your health one day. Then later on, they say, no, that wasn't that. This is bad for your health. Then this is bad for your health. God's truth abides. For Christ Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His truth is we are damnable sinners of ourselves, but he in his grace has chosen us and made us alive in Christ Jesus, and we have a rich future ahead of us. And how we rejoice when we see then our children and our children's children walking in that truth. Give thanks unto God, for he is good, for his mercies endureth forever, his truth to all generations. Praise the Lord. Amen. Father in heaven, forgive us. Forgive us at those times when we forget where all our good things, where all our blessings come from. Forgive us for when we just take it for granted. But with all the blessings each day, may our eyes look upward to him who is the giver of all good things, to him who has redeemed us by the blood of his Son, to him who has called us his children and calls us to worship him. Yes, Father, we're thankful for this time this morning where we could enter into thy gates and we could come into thy court and sing thy praises. And we pray, Father, that we may do that each day anew until we join the church triumphant and we will sing those praises forever and ever. Amen.